0: positive reputation as possible because even though there's it's a big world out there it's a small community you know word's going to travel fast if like alfonso's not a good guy to deal with
1: You're listening to The Right Club podcast where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com and now your hosts Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi Hey, Right Club Nation, it's Alfonso Salemi here. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? What is it, do you ask? Well, it's the Right Club online community, a place where you can go to find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. We have interactive forums, all the podcast episodes are there, hours of videos with a wide range of real estate investing, training and education, and so much more. It's free to join, so be sure to come grow with us at therightclub.com. Now, let's get to the podcast
2: hey right club nation i'm sarah larby i'm here with my wonderful co-host sometimes hogger of the conversation just kidding alfonso uh-huh. salemi and uh you know alfonso it's uh, it's great to to be back doing podcasts some people don't know this but we usually take the summers off and uh now september we are back at uh podcasting so welcome back excited to be yes. here with you too
1: Absolutely! Absolutely! Yeah! Super pumped, and uh, yeah, definitely. I get so excited, and I think I can—you can definitely tell—it's been a while that we've done the podcast, and we're back at it, recording normally. But I get so excited, and like firing at all cylinders. Sometimes my mouth is going way faster than my brain or brain is going way faster than my mouth. And I try to get it all across, but I love, I love doing these. I love interviewing amazing guests, love catching up with you and all the amazing things that you're up to and, and a close couple more days. I think it's like, what a week, week and a bit that uh, that you're going to be officially retired and, and being in the full real estate, 100%
2: yeah i mean by the time this airs so october 1st is my retirement uh day and the second i am free and i'm going to be at the cottage with my girls uh we've got jen and a few others coming up so it'll be fun it'll be fun uh, yes. i'm gonna you know like, unfortunately i wanted to do like a little retirement party and like just have a bunch of people but clearly that's not gonna happen this year so i'm gonna have to postpone that but uh and and the virtual like thing isn't the same as the real thing you know so but i'm excited you. you know it's wow. uh didn't take 30 years it didn't take two it took seven but seven is still very good and now i can uh, you know i can still do real estate and i still will do real estate because i i love what i'm doing and i'm not going to stop but i don't need the work income anymore which is really cool so um and how many properties are you at right now these days
1: yeah so i think we are approaching now just over 170 rent-to-own projects that we've done yeah. in, in kind of the life of the uh of the company and we're really proud of this year even in a, in a COVID year pandemic we brought on I think it's just a, a close to another two dozen almost 30 new rental projects this year we've exited out uh, of close to 20 I think we're at 18 that we've exited back out sold back to our tenant buyers so yeah we're, we're continuing to grow and we, we've taken a, a different approach uh, we really don't want to be the biggest rent to own company anymore we want to be the best out there and really take on some of the, the best projects and helping helping people become homeowners, right? In, in a similar fashion that, Sarah, you know, you're such an inspiration for so many of the Right Club Nation listeners that you, you know, working full time, literally starting, you know, I know the story, Googling how to retire early, right, and, you know, saw the plan, follow it through, and, and really, you know, went through bumps, it wasn't easy. You know, there's been frustrations and times like that where, you know, Sarah's got a beautiful smile, but you don't want to see when she's like, you know, really determined around something, it's almost scary. But, uh, you know, you, you went through that and, and that's it. Is, and now you're able to help people through your experiences, you know, and that's what it's really about is, you know, we talk about goals, about retiring and financial freedom. And, but again, you're still now doing what you love, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's whether that's work or not work or if you want to call it retired you're still you know aspiring to do something now even helping more people to achieve that for themselves and you know that's what the right club embodies and we want people to to do that and whatever their goal is right if it's just an extra vacation or staycation now because of covid but or or is it to retire right or somewhere in between to get their goals to help their kids to help their families all that kind of stuff and um yeah rightclub.com
2: we- online check it out there's forums there's an online community and uh, you know we're all helping each other grow to that next level so Today's podcast episode is uh, is Ryan Carson. And if you guys are interested at home learning about joint ventures and JVs and how to put them together, this is what the uh, episode today is about. And I'll tell you, it's really interesting. And if you want to delegate it out and just hire somebody that knows what they're doing to give you a template for a JV agreement and all the talking points that you need, I mean, Ryan Carson is probably the best lawyer that I know for real estate investors, right? There's lots of real estate lawyers, but- investor real estate law firms are you know I, in my opinion there's not that many in Ontario and you know there's probably not that many in any anywhere really in Canada in comparison to the ones that really understand JVs and how to lend money privately do all those contracts. I mean uh, it is quite complex. So super excited. hopefully you guys enjoy today's podcast episode and what do you say Alfonso? shall we play the episode?
1: Let's do it. let's get to the podcast. Hey, and welcome back to the podcast, Ryan Carson. Thanks so much for uh, for joining again, Sarah and I, and uh, great to have you on.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot, guys, for having me. It's uh, it's it's a couple times now, as Sarah pointed out. So it's always a pleasure to be uh, on the podcast and talk with you guys about real estate investing.
1: Well, absolutely. You're definitely one of the uh, the Right Club community and the Right Club Nation's favorite, and you know probably one of the uh, the go to, if not the go to. Uh, Legal counsel, everything to do with the, the law around real estate closing properties, JVing. There's all new kinds of stuff, nuances. Guys, it's so important to have the documents right now. So Ryan is one of the guys that you want to talk about. But there is some uh, some big news for all the realtors that are part of the Right Club community because we want to remember uh, we have a community of very diverse people, a lot of different uh, avenues, and a lot of you guys. Our professional real estate agents, realtors in Ontario, and uh, Ryan's got some news that he's been telling us about uh, that he's going to share. So, we'll have at it, Ryan. Yeah,
0: no, thanks a lot, guys, and thanks for having me. It's very timely. Um, this has been in the works probably for quite some time, and most realtors, uh, especially ones that are quite successful, they might have their own teams of, of other realtors you know, this has been something they've been probably chomping on to get for quite some time. It's the ability to incorporate. So uh, a regular real estate salesperson, not a broker, but a realtor, uh, has not been able to uh, actually do an incorporation until just recently. So October 1st, 2020, the law will officially come into effect to allow for a PREC, which is a professional real estate corporation and uh, this is going to provide them with lots of uh, different benefits and opportunities. There's, there's succession planning, there's business planning, there's tax planning strategies, um, there, there's just many, many options uh, that this is going to provide for the realtors in the group and, uh, and even just the realtors just in you know, in Ontario. So it's a great opportunity for um, the realtors to, you know, seek out from their tax advisors, tax accountants and, and lawyers and get opinions on whether it's, uh, you know, worth them doing. Again, I mean, I would suggest if the, if the realtor is, you know, somewhat successful or wildly successful, it's a no-brainer. It's almost a given that you'd want to take this up and have this opportunity to incorporate.
1: And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors.
2: Right Club Nation, let's take a quick minute here to meet our sponsor for the week, Black Jack Contracting. They've been serving Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas and for the past three years becoming the area's largest basement suite renovation specialist.
1: That's right. And Blackjack works with real estate investors, both new and experienced, converting single family homes into multiple legal suites and renovating properties to achieve their maximum potential and value.
2: Absolutely. And they've completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls
1: the house always wins. So now, back to the podcast, and now back to the show.
2: All right, awesome. Now you said Ontario. Is this Canada? Ontario? Like, how wide does this span?
0: Uh, for for Ontario.
2: Okay. So for Ontario, you now realtors out there that do well have the ability to incorporate, which like you mentioned, brings the tax advantages. So I, I think that that probably is the big thing, right? Is the tax advantages in addition to a few other things? Well, I mean,
0: the tax planning and the potential tax savings are obviously the, the easy, exciting, you know, tension grabbing details of it. But it goes beyond that. There's so much, like it's options. It's quite honestly, it's just options. If you don't incorporate, you really have have very little option. You you can't get creative with your tax planning, your succession planning, your business planning, uh, your business operation. Whereas if you are incorporated, there's so many layers of options that you can build on from uh, whether it's just you just want to save tax, whether that's, you know, tax now in your operational years or tax on potential sale of your business or tax in your eventual passing, you know, to your family, legacy planning. So tax is definitely, you know, the flashy, you know, attractive bit of um uh, you know why you'd want to incorporate, but there there are other, there are other aspects too. So there's a state planning. Mm-hmm. You know you can do primary and and now corporate wills, which will save you on probate administration tax when you pass away. You could build in uh, different levels of uh, share ownership for potential, um, you know, licensees. So those would be other agents. You know that might be working on your team, uh, but you could also build in there's a there's still some gray area that we're still trying to figure out the details on but like a lot of other professionals like doctors dentists where you can have a professional corporation but you can have non-licensed members so family members hold shares as well they can't be voting shares Mm -hmm. of the corporation but you can still do tax planning in your family that way as well that's a bit of a gray area we're still trying to figure out and see what uh, the law is going to settle on there. Um, But you know, those are again, options that are available. If you incorporate, if you don't incorporate, then you have no options.
2: Are there any downsides to it? Like, it sounds like a lot of great things. I mean, other than the corp taxes will cost more in general, but what are the downsides?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the downside is that you are going to have some maintenance costs increase. Like you're not gonna to go to h and Block and file your tax return for 200 bucks. You know, you're gonna have probably at least thousand dollars in a tax return. But keep in mind that what a well-versed tax accountant and consultant will be able to provide you in savings will far outweigh you paying them an extra 800 bucks a year. Uh, you will have some annual minute filings, you know, with your lawyer. Um, you know, might be two to three hundred bucks a year for that. Uh, but again, uh what you would save, you know, is going to far outweigh the maintenance cost. I mean that that's at least if you have the right advisors, that's what you should find. You should find there to be extreme value, which pays off in the first year, maybe even you know first year or two for sure.
1: yeah, absolutely. we, we always talk about you know obviously all the trusted partners yourself obviously included right at the top of that list, Ryan, of uh, mm-hmm. having those trusted partners, lawyers, realtors, mortgage brokers, um, accountants, right? Inspectors, all that type of stuff where they're looking out for your best interest. So yes, there is a cost associated with incorporating with transactions of closing lease lead, estate but you want to have the best that so you are paying that fee, that's an investment along with the you know the actual investment of the real estate versus a paying a fee or a cost right and and i think that was one of the tough things that a lot of people and myself included wrap my head around oh it's going to cost a thousand dollars a year to do taxes but really that a thousand dollars is going to open up maybe some other savings right and again like you said even future planning so um yeah really good news and you know the realtors listening to this and part of the right clip community yeah you got to get in touch with ryan and He's the guy to go through. So I know one of the hot questions, one of the topics that we always talk about is JVs, right? And Sarah and I always go back and for the last couple of years, Sarah's been, you know, accumulating her portfolio primarily, you know, with herself, her spouse, and you know, kind of like not using JV, she had her income. I was always telling her, like every week it felt like we were bringing on another joint venture partner. So we're coming to you, Ryan. Like, oh my God, I'm scared. Like maybe someone the first time using a JV partner. Or, you know, myself going, ah, don't worry, you know, you have to put something. What do you do? How do you protect yourself? Is there one JV contract? Probably not. But is there... Few things that you can share, and maybe I don't know, Sarah. Any, anything? I feel like that was
2: a lot, a lot of questions yeah. all at once. But feel I free know. to answer Alfonso's questions, and I have lots of questions for that. you after.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, no, I mean, uh, I think as we alluded to in our prelude to this podcast, I mean, uh, probably other than doing the real estate transaction for the right club members, you know, actually closing the purchase or the sale for them, two other most common things we do is potentially incorporate a structure and or JVs. Over 50% of the work we do for the right club members typically is JV agreements, whether it's reviewing or drafting from scratch the JV document. You know, Alfonso mentioned, you know, is there just like one set, you know, JV agreement to use? No, uh, but that being said, there are, you know, there are gonna be common like elements and clauses, you know, in any JV agreement worth using. You know, a lot of times people will just go straight to the, the points, you know, like this, how much I'm going to put in, you're going to do this. I'm going to do that. If we need more money, this is how we're going to do that. Um, If we don't like each other, then this is how we're going to do that. And, and then, you know, what are the milestones for, you know, us either putting in more money, taking money out and or selling or refinancing the investment. Right. So, I mean, I kind of just rhymed off a bunch there, but, that's, those are basically like the key points that we would be looking for or building out in our JV agreement. So we, cause we've been doing it for a bunch of years now with the uh, real estate investors and the right club members. I mean, we have probably two or three, maybe four JVs for given circumstances situations that we kind of like to use, you know, one or two for sure are go to, and we kind of will feel out the client and what they're looking for. Some guys want a really legalese type one. You know, they want to be like 25 pages mm-hmm. and, you know, really just kind of be intimidating because that's kind of what their style is and that's what they're looking for. So we, kind of, we have one that's kind of like that. And then we have one that um, I, I would say still covers the majority of all those important points in that bigger one but is a bit more plain language compressed it might be like like five to eight pages mm-hmm. and then it gives the opportunity to put in some schedules to it that you know could extend it you know 10 15 page you know fi- uh, 10 to 15 pages depending on how many times you're going to use it for how many different projects right
2: Hey, Wright Club Nation, I just wanted to take a moment and introduce you to today's podcast sponsor, privatebuyers.ca. On your team of experts, you're gonna wanna make sure that you have a great wholesaler that's gonna bring you some great deals off market. So most real estate investors, they're struggling to find their next deal private buyers they help investors by bringing them some off-market opportunities at under market value so that they can make more money these discounted real estate deals are not on the mls they've been found by privatebuyers.ca who will then send them to your inbox and they're also going to focus on your criteria and your goals and send you some tailored deals that match your needs it's just really simple guys just go to privatebuyers.ca fill out the form and start getting and seeing some available off-market opportunities privatebuyers.ca now, back to the podcast. So that's, that second one sounds more like the agreement I would like, not too crazy legalese info, but it is easy to understand, right? So, let's st- just take a step back cuz you did name you know a lot of things in there that you put in there, but so one of the things that now, as, as you mentioned, October 1st is when, you know, people are going to be incorporating for realtors. I'm actually retiring on October 1st. So I am going to be looking at JVs at that point in time. I don't want too many. I still want to be very picky. Just as important as as they pick me, it's important that I work with them because it's a five to seven plus year, you know, relationship in a way. So, and there's probably a lot of people that are, I mean, Alfonso's a pro with with JVs, but you know, I'm I'm going to now be doing it too. So With that said, what are some really important conversations and topics to have before we get to you, right? Like, there's obviously discussions that have to be had, conversations about, you know, some of those things that you actually listed off. But what are, taking a step back, good things for JVs to talk about before they put ink to paper?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you have to have, whether you make it more of a formal or informal conversation between you and your other partners you've got to have that discussion about, okay, who are all the parties going to be? Like, is it just the two of us? Is there a third? Is there a fourth? Like how many of the, uh, of us are there? How long is this for? Like, what's the term of this JV going to be? And then who's doing what role in the JV and what's the purpose of the JV? Like, are we doing a Burr? Are we doing, you know, are we going to do four projects that make up this JV, two birds and RTO and, uh, you know, uh, conversion, uh, you know, what, what are we doing? Right. And then within, what are we doing? You have to say, okay, JV1 is doing these roles and responsibilities. JV2 is doing these ones, JV3 is doing these ones and so forth. Right. So really just Just coming together. Again, it's depending on your style, you know, sitting down and having a formal or informal discussion about all of those things we just kind of talked about. And then the further points to that would be, okay, now that we know the projects, the scope, who's doing what, you know, what are some of the key milestones? You know who's putting what into the project is it blood sweat and hard work for you know jv1 and that's what gets them their payout and for jv2 it's hey you got to put down the the hundred grand we need for the deposit and down payment and be on the mortgage and that's it for you or or is it a bit of a mix what are the inputs key milestones i mentioned that you know are there is it a four or five year project, as you alluded to? And so, each year, are there going to be key milestones? Are there going to be interim payouts back to the partners throughout the course of the JV because it's doing so well each year, like as annual income return? Uh, or is it all just at the very end? Are there monthly milestones? And then, um, you know, what's the what's the final? projected or possible range of rate of return i mean everybody wants to know you know Mm -hmm. as best can what that might look like and uh, i mean the last one which is typically the most uncomfortable one to talk about and it's probably the one that's usually glossed over or forgotten about because everybody's pumped about you know doing a real estate deal
2: (laughs) Uh, they don't
0: and you you're in love with each other because you're obviously you know working together and you're pumped um, you know, you you don't think, well, we're, we can't possibly disagree. We can't possibly not like each other in a year's time, right? And have three years to go. So the the discussion needs to be have of like how would you go through a divorce? Like how would you split from each other and you know, make one another whole or you know, however you want to call it, how how do you terminate the JV? And you want to try to do that doing two things, you know, preserving as much of your positive reputation as possible. Cause even though there's, it's a big world out there, it's a small community. You know, words are going to travel fast. If like Alfonso is not a good guy to deal with, which is not true of course, but you want to keep your reputation even in a, in a difficult situation, you know, positive. And then number two, you want to do it as quickly and as cost effectively as possible. Right. So, you know, mediation, arbitration, going to court, those are not quick, easy, and cheap, right? If you have COVID, they're not even possible, right? I mean, they don't, you can't even do those things during a COVID type of uh, environment. So having some sort of like a divorce mechanism or a discussion head is is pretty important, I
1: think. Yeah, Ryan, I'm not sure if it was on on a previous podcast or at the live events, or I know even it might've been might have been Chad from your office as well too. That so you know what they shouldn't be called agreements. They should be called disagreements because that's the only time that you look at them, right? Is when there is a disagreement, right? Because when things are going well and the cash flow is coming in, no one's going to be like, oh wait, my agreement said you're only supposed to give me 500 cash flow. You gave me six. Oh wait, right? It's when those negative things happen, and and it's impossible to predict every possible outcome and have that written out. And like you said, that might be 500 pages and not even. Like nobody had a global pandemic in any of their agreements. I am almost sure of it. Maybe you can you can speak to that. But but it's having that, I think the two conversations that I want to unpack with that you said was really having the conversation, whether you are the active partner, the money partner or combination is understanding what the goals are for each person, right? And then the agreement pretty much puts that into place, right? Because if two people really want to be passive, well, no one's going to be doing anything. And if both people are going to be active, then there's going to be always a disagreement on who's going to be doing what and, okay, no, I'm doing this and stepping over each other's toes. So I think those are the things that have to be clearly laid out. And then, yeah, like I love what you said is some type of mechanism that, okay, we don't agree. Okay, we're going to this way here to avoid arbitration courts, all that kind of stuff, and then putting that out there. Um, So, like, again, when when you're – is there something that, like, has to be – like a certain timeline that you know, other, some investors want to prefer or, um, or typically, or is it really kind of up to the agreement, up to the type of strategy that the, the investor that's looking for the JV partner kind of is, is planning?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't think there's anything set in stone or any like automatic go to timeframe or timeline. I, I like your point that you made about uh, disagreement that probably was Chad. He's clever like that. Um, it is really a disagreement rather than agreement, but also, I mean, understanding each other and, and your, like your goals, you know, of what you want to accomplish out of a project and, and how you want your roles and responsibilities within that project to work are, are crucial. Yeah, as you said, if you've got two people that really just want to be passive, well, it's going to be probably hard to make that project work uh, as effectively as if you had a passive and active partner, like true active and passive partners. So yeah, no, I a hundred percent that's crucial to, uh, to uh, determine upfront. Um, I mean, I think, the sooner you can have this conversation with each other and start, you know, banging out the informal, like it, to you know, to Sarah's point, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be retired and, and, you know, now really, really deep into all of this stuff. She was already deep, but now she's getting really deep. You, you want to do these kinds of conversations as early on. So number one, you can feel out whether or not you feel like you got a good fit with somebody and, and it's okay if, if you don't have a good fit, trust your gut so you know that's your your best mechanism sometimes just be like you know what i don't know i i just something's not right it's not anything against the person it's just not it just doesn't feel right I got to look again. I got to look elsewhere. Right. But then if you just, if you feel like, Oh yeah, this is great. Everything feels amazing about, about this whole scenario. You start having those, that conversation about all the terms, you know, over coffee or a beer or whatever. And, uh, and you start, you know, writing down all your, your informal items and points. And then, you know, one of you gets, uh, gets your lawyer to, to draft it up. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and then deaf, this is crucial get them if you draft it up get them to have their lawyer review it if they're not willing to spend, you know, a couple hundred bucks for their lawyer to review it that tells you something right there
2: yeah absolutely you definitely want the lawyer the other person's lawyer to review so okay so now as you're talking through this there's two ways in my mind maybe I'm I'm wrong maybe there's more but there's two ways that this plays out right so like there's many times where I'm talking to somebody and like I would JV with them. They would JV with me. That's great. I don't have a deal. Right. So I don't have a deal, but I, I like them. So that's, that's scenario number one. So do I a get a letter of intent or not? And then scenario number two is I've got a deal, but maybe I don't have a JV for that. Then I go out and JV. So like, is there like, do you do a letter of intent for the ones that you're thinking of working with, but you don't necessarily have a deal with yet? And then, you know, how do you proceed with when you have a deal under contract you know, for, for that piece, I guess there's no, is there a letter of intent for that?
0: Um, Yeah. So, I mean, so your first example where, you know, you've got somebody that you've got great, a great vibe with, and you're like, I definitely want to do a project with this person and likewise they you, but you just haven't found that project or opportunity yet. I mean, yeah, you could, you could put together a non-binding letter of intent. I mean, letters of intent are by their nature only an expression of your wishes towards each other. It's, they're not typically legally binding, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, if it makes people feel more comfortable and, and, and you kind of know that you've got a basis to build off to go spend time hunting for the opportunity, then absolutely you can do that LOI. But make it a condition of the LOI by a certain date to have either found the opportunity, extend the LOI term if you haven't found the opportunity, but if you do find the opportunity that you have to enter into a JV by such a date, right? Mm -hmm. In the other example where you've got the opportunity, but you haven't, you know, got anything in place yet. um, Is that the other example? Yeah. I
2: mean, I guess that's where probably all, I mean, Alfonso you're doing both, right? So you're bringing in JVs, but I'm guessing like, as you get the deals and you're like, okay, this is a great deal. And then you, you shop out the JV essentially, right. To figure out who's interested in it. So I guess that's a little bit of a different scenario versus finding the JV and talking to JV and, you know, figuring it out and having that conversation prior.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When, when working with investors, right. And I love the idea of the letter of intent you've used as well too, but again, it's, you're going to know the time frame and what the intentions are of the, the investor as well too. If they're looking to place an investment in 30, 40, 60 days, something like that, and there's that opportunity, right? Even if you sign that letter intended, they want to go find something quicker. Like Ryan said, stop binding. But yeah, if we do have a project and now we don't have that investor and I'm going to you know, touch wood and knock on my head that every time we've been able to close on a project because we've had that investor. But yeah, uh, it, it's tough because whether I think that goes to talking about getting the contract or sorry, getting the property under contract, right? If you have conditions or now, how do you close? That's kind of now you're not able to do that, right? Um, I always like to make sure that we're going out and searching there's somebody to pair it up with right that someone's ready to close on that property it's it's really timing it both but there's nothing that's going to hold an investor if it's been six months and they told me six months ago that they were interested that i can't expect them to not go and find another opportunity right to, to go and invest right. or to lose them right um yeah so like i guess that's like signing a buyer rep agreement right we're talking to realtors out there if you have that buyer rep agreement but there's no action going back and forth. Like how enforceable, right? Maybe that's it. that's actually a question I was I thought of when I jotted down here. So let's just say we we're in that joint venture agreement and the worst case scenario happens and it you know we didn't really plan it out or there's nothing straight in the contract. How does that go about? Is it just negotiating back and forth what the project is? Again, like you said, you have to have that balance. But how is that taken care of or or determined if there is? Something so that's
0: going you're saying you you got a JV agreement, but. Something has come up and there's no terms about it
1: that's right one of the parties didn't fulfill their obligations or what's listed out on on what we kind of try to carefully put together how do how is it actually enforceable like what do you do if that's the case yeah like, if you yeah, are I agree- mean, yeah.
0: if, if their agreement's silent on on you know how something would be handled i mean you gotta hope that you're going to be very quickly able to come to sort of meeting of the minds between, you know, discussion of the, of the parties. But, you know, if you weren't and you know, he got into a loggerhead and there's a lot of friction and tension there. I mean, that that's when, you know, failing there being some mechanism to like to divorce from each other. uh, That's when you, that's when you get stuck and you compromise on their point of view because you don't want this to go, you know, uh, get out of hand and, and be crazy and be reputation damaging, or you dig your heels right in on both sides and you end up, you know, sitting in a courtroom or mediation or arbitration or something like That's why, I mean, I've heard different real estate investors, uh, especially I've heard some that are like quite successful too, um, you know, say, you know, they've never done a JV ever. You know, they do a handshake deal, or they write it down on a napkin, or something like that. I, uh, I would say they're either one of two things: wildly successful at the art of a business deal, or they are lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to pick or choose which one you think they are. But the bottom line is, like, like you're rolling the dice. You know, you're rolling the dice and the agreement. Will at least give you hopefully certainty of terms, right? It, it's for the disagreement, right? It's not really for the agreement stuff. Everybody's going to be happy as a you know a pig in poop if uh, this thing is, is as successful as Alfonso says it's going to be, right? Mm-hmm. Or or even more so, you know. If you if you have a great return, I mean nobody's going to be upset about that. It's only going to be if it underperforms, or you just don't, you just don't start liking each other, or being able to work with each other. That you're going to really be like, oh, I really wish we had something, you know, mm-hmm. or I really wish we spent more time, um, you know, getting you know our lawyer to put provisions in the agreement to deal with this.
2: Yeah, absolutely. so. So Ryan, what happens though, do you register the JV agreement? Like what happens to the JV agreement once both parties have signed it? What do you do with it? Or what do you recommend? Yeah. Uh,
0: So because JV agreements have essentially uh, an inherent trust provision in them, because you're inevitably saying, you know, one party is going to be registered to title and hold title in trust for the beneficial ownership of all the other parties in the JV. The Land Registry Office in Ontario does not allow the registration of any sort of uh, document either called a trust agreement or that has any implication of a trust in it. So they'll actually review them if you if you tried to register them and then they would just delete them. So you can't really register JVs uh, in the Land Titles Registry Office anymore in Ontario. I don't know about other provinces. You might be more successful in other provinces, but... For Ontario registry uh, office, the director of titles will not allow. Them. So they really have a bit of a uh, honor system for the par- party that isn't on title to like kind of do their own due diligence and kind of ease the process. The, the thing I've found most common that the non-registered partner is typically the one actively working the deal. So normally the, the person on title with the mortgage, like they don't even, they've never even seen the property in their life. Like they don't have any concept of like where it's located, what it's doing, who lives there. Like they're not typically very hands-on. They're like, here's the money. Yeah. I'll sign for the mortgage and just make sure, you know, everything goes really well. And at the end of the day, we'll all get paid and we'll all be happy. Right. Like that's typically their, um, involvement in it in the ones that we're seeing on a you know on a average basis and it's the get person who's not on title that typically is managing it you know dealing with the trades if it's a reno flip kind of that sort of thing or a burr um, or dealing with the rent to own tenant buyers i mean they 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 set up everything right they just don't happen to be the person registered to title
2: could the property be sold and the person that's doing all the work technically have it sold from under them?
0: Yeah, theoretically it's possible because, again, there's nothing on title that would um, prevent the uh, registered owner from, you know, pulling a little bit of a 180 and trying to sell it. But again, i would i would say in most cases the non-registered person who has a beneficial ownership in it because of the jv they're they're the active managing partner so they they would probably miss you know something kind of going on i would think you know if uh something was getting (laughs) sold or 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 what i mean they and they can certainly ask uh a lawyer whether it's the one that did the registration in the first place or or their own independent one if there was a, you know, perceived conflict for that lawyer, they could say, Hey, can you do a title search? I feel like something weird's going on here. I feel like they might have like refinanced the property without me knowing about it or something. Right. The other thing that you could do too, if you are really worried that, Hey, I know, I feel like we're falling apart here, or this isn't a good partnership anymore. Or I feel like they're, this person's, you know, maybe kind of going to try to stab me in the back. Um, If you feel like they're going to try to do something, you could go to a litigator and get certain things registered against title. So you could get like a certificate of pending litigation registered against things you could do to kind of freeze it up for a period of time so that even if they did engage and try to sell it or refinance it, if you had that, they call it a CPL, a certificate of pending litigation registered against it, it would trigger the the immediate stop of that action because nobody's gonna buy it with a litigation proceeding
1: and you know and, and this is really important to talk about in these worst case scenarios like a great question circus uh, we operate the same way at jag is that we are the operating partner we're not on title but we're again checking in with the clients for, you know and, and a provision actually that we put in all of our GV agreements is it's for the investor but really it's for us as well too' is like a reporting mechanism right so that we are reporting a the clients well-being throughout the they're they're tracking to get on to to qualify for the rental and the actual property as well too so for the investors out there that are worried if the active partner is actually doing what they're saying right if we're like we're talking about burrs from sarah's side of you know progress reports the same way that you would have yeah. your trades report to you and you know i want to put some perspective around it is if you you do a lot of a lot of business out of your office Ryan, and on how how many proceedings let's say getting into these worst case scenarios is it a I don't know if you could put a rough percentage. I'm not going to ask you to put an exact amount, but yeah. how often, like you know, out of ten times, are you looking at something like this that gets to the worst case?
0: Yeah, I don't even know if it would be one in ten. Yeah,
1: so, so that's just something about to a ten. Guys as well too.
2: Five to ten percent overall, I guess.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, in every ten, I it might only be like one in every twenty or thirty or forty that like actually go like the full distance of like, this is a complete another meltdown. Right. Um, so I mean either, again, my clients are either really lucky or they have good agreements put together or maybe a bit of both. Um, Or, you know, as you, I think, have always alluded to in some of the other podcasts or, you know, do your due diligence, like check, Mm -hmm. you know, check it out, check, make sure this person is somebody that you want to work with. Right. Um, You know, just like you interview and screen, um, you know, prospective tenants. I mean, you're screening each other. You know, is this going to work? You know, the person might be a great person, but you might just you might be great friends, but you can't
1: colleagues maybe and and those are okay. Yeah, I just by club nation, not to give another excuse or reason not to invest because, oh, I'm not sure about the agreement and worrying about all those things. Yes, you have to put those proper things in place. Maybe, you know, talk to Ryan, talk to other people that are partnering, that have partnered with others. Referrals are a great way. People that have actually worked with those people, seen their really? schedules, seen how that's all gone out. Track record is a huge thing, right? And and making sure that you have that And yeah, if it is, like we said here, like the 5% chance, guys, I bet you you're going to learn something from that too. And the next agreement that you put forth, you might have another provision that's like a must-have. So don't let that stop you. Listen, we've done tons of joint venture partners. I know the Right Club is full of JVs. And I love that, Ryan, just think so many of them are doing those deals. That means we actually are growing together and doing more deals. So that's that's a great thing. And just having the right things in place and that gut feeling... I know it sounds so like hokey pokey, but really, having the one-on-ones, video calls, getting that stuff, that due diligence, you, your gut's going to tell you what to do. Just the paperwork's going to back you up. with it. So
2: absolutely, uh, and, I, and I will say templates. It sounds like Ryan's got templates. So Carson Law, if you need the long form template or the shorter form template, I mean, you know, reach out to to Ryan. And uh, Ryan, you're I'm guessing those are for sales for uh, investors in Ontario right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll talk to people and we'll, we'll get an understanding of what their particular terms are and then we'll, we'll put it in, but we'll do the first one for them. And if they want to use it thereafter, then I guess they, they can do so.
1: So, and, uh, so Ryan, since you've been on the podcast so often, we don't want to do the same normal lightning round questions. So I, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to propose to my amazing co-host Sarah that we come up with some, uh, some new original lightning round questions. I'll start with the first one to give Sarah a couple couple seconds to think of a good question. But uh, yeah, we're gonna do four questions. We always do a lightning round.
2: And check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email, daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round.
1: I know things change, but uh, I guess one quick question I had for you was, or, or the first question of the lightning round, what are you currently reading? What's a good book that you're reading right now?
0: I have read several times who is uh, one of the legendary Notre Dame Fighting Irish uh, football coaches. And uh, it's it's basically his autobiography. And each chapter, he writes it as if it's based on a story that he uh, dealt with with his players. But then he brings all the life lessons out of it uh from that that football moment so i like it because it ties in sports uh but then you know before you know it he's hitting you over the head with like a brilliant you know lesson that's again he he's um he's very motivational he does a lot of like motivational speaking events and stuff now in his uh, retirement One of those guys that uh, speaks to you as if he's uh, a brilliant scholar, like you just read it in plain language, simple story, but then all of a sudden he just hits you in the face with this, such a simple statement, but it's so, uh, you know, it's just a profound uh, lesson to have. Right. So Lou Holtz is, uh, he's awesome.
2: Very cool. Awesome. All right, Brian. question number two. So Mm -hmm. the border is now, let's just say they they reopen. What's the first place you want to travel to when things resume to somewhat normal and you don't have to quarantine everywhere you go?
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, Alfonso knows I like the beach. So, uh, you know, probably um, some some hot destination in the dead of winter, um, you know, overwater hut or something like that. It doesn't really matter where, um, but uh, somewhere hot and and quiet. I don't really like the the big resorts or anything like that. You know, I don't. I'd rather just be my own island or something like that. But uh, somewhere hot, beach, beautiful water, uh, reef. That would be that'd be
1: great. Love it, and arms length away from a nice cool adult beverage, right? So, well, maybe not that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. All right. So, uh, third question of the lightning round. What's n- a new hobby, if any, that maybe you've picked up during the, uh, during the pandemic or during the last six, seven months now during this whole COVID? Anything new that you've tried for the first time or never thought or that you're so bored uh, at a certain yeah, time? Um,
0: I was, you know, it, kind of going back to my last thing about, you know, hot, tropical destination if, if i if i could retire and never have to worry about money ever again i'd love to be a surfer that's something i would love to, to to learn to do i'd never cut my hair trim the beard it would just be uh just surfer guy right but obviously i haven't been surfing here in, in burlington ontario but um something i i have committed to as, which COVID's allowed for since we've been kind of cooped up and everything is working out. So I've got a home gym and and we really added to it just before COVID hit, thankfully. And so um, I've had a renewed, you know, commitment over the last six months to really try to get into shape. So, uh, so that's, that's been something that's been good instead of gaining, you know, 50 pounds. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I'm trying to get a little bit more muscle shape in there.
1: That's awesome. You won a strategic thinker as a lawyer. And the guy that wants to go on the beach is getting the beach body ready in the basement right in the <laughs> so very strategic love it
2: And you know what if we if we get locked down again at least you can work out we, we tried so we have a, a treadmill on order and it's been like two months I don't know what's going on with it but hopefully it, hopefully we don't get locked back into our homes before I get the treadmill but you know it's uh, it's good planning. all right so on your Facebook you've got lots of great drinks. Uh, I think my favorite I've seen so far was uh, the Caesars that you make. If you had to pick an alcoholic drink that you would drink every day, if you could, what would that be?
0: Well, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Is it? Caesars. <laughs> Caesars for sure. You can have them for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and you can garnish them up and make them a meal all on their own. But because I'm kind of an avid cigar fan now, um, I do enjoy a, a Scotch and cigar or um, rum's always a go-to drink for me. So rum and cola, those would probably be my main drinks. You can never go wrong with a nice beer either on a hot summer day, but uh, Caesars are the, are the best. Love Thanks. it,
1: love it, love it. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us again and being such a, an amazing partner to the Right Club and to the Right Club community. Uh, you're such a valued member. Any, for those of, um, of the right Club that haven't heard of you or, or uh, want to get a hold of you, how can they get in touch with you?
0: Um, they can visit our, our website, which is www.carsonlaw.ca, and uh, that'll have all our information there. It'll have the, the team of lawyers and some key staff people. All my contact details are there, email, uh, cell phone. Feel free to give me a call. Email's the best way to reach me, though, but uh, um, yeah, the website will have everything amazing feel free, to, feel free to follow us we've got all the social feeds too and they're trying to get me to do uh you know more cool things like alfonso's uh, limo tours and what do you call it alfonso it's ed- edutainment edutainment i love it yeah, I, i'm trying i'm trying man i just don't have the uh, pizzazz like you so i'll, I'll get
2: there
1: <laughs> amazing. Uh, I, can, I, I can picture you with the three-piece suit sitting there and the nice in the office with the scotch and cigar talking all about JVs, incorporating and how to build yourself to wealth. So definitely check out Ryan on on all the social platforms. Ryan,
2: thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for all your insights and guys, if you need JV agreements, reach out Carson Law, Ryan Carson. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you.
1: What a great, great chat with Ryan, such a wealth of knowledge. And, uh, you know, we got into Really got into it about the joint venture contracts, and especially for those investors out there looking to grow their portfolio, either you know retiring soon or you know not relying on their income anymore, on and wanting to look and partnering with people to qualify for mortgages and, and deals. Great, great, uh, great chat with Ryan. What did uh, what was your takeaways? I know you were excited about this combo and talking about JVs as you're looking to expand the business. So, what some of the takeaways that you liked, uh, Sarah?
2: I mean, I think just like good like aha moments is that the contract itself is not registered on title. So just to keep that in mind, you definitely want to trust your joint venture partners as much as possible and really understand and, and have those discussions prior of like all the contingencies and all of the, you know, what ifs and what if this happens and, and the good and the bad, right? Like there's a lot of, of great that we talk about, but there's also some downsides and it's just important to have those conversations ahead of time and, uh, and to use a good lawyer to draft up your agreement of what you guys have discussed, maybe use the template that Ryan's got and, uh, and just make it as tight as possible. And, uh, and, you know, like, hopefully, hopefully you guys don't have, you know, issues down the road and Alfonso, I mean, you've got 170 properties you were saying at the beginning of this and you've got JVs and you're doing it well and everyone seems to, you know, work itself out or I don't know like what you, if you've had That's issues right. or not, but it, it's well, yeah. Really well.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, listen, I'd be lying to saying if there wasn't any issues, right. But we've always had that clear understanding of what each partner is responsible for. And then the mechanisms, like Ryan says, that when there is an impasse or say a project doesn't go according to plan, okay, what are the conversations? Everybody wants to walk away with the most amount of money. There can't just be, one winner everybody has to walk away you know a little bit happy and a little bit sad that they didn't get everything they wanted but they didn't you know lose everything either when when the projects do go uh not according to plan or you know in some cases luckily in a rent to own situation you know if a project or essentially a client isn't successful then you know the project can still be sold and still make profit in some cases more right that's not the first goal Um, And that's a lot of the conversations. Most of what I'm doing these days is having conversations with, you know, potential investors, people that are looking to place their their money, getting it working harder than in a mutual fund or an RSP or something like that. And, you know, there is always that apprehension. they like, oh, you're out to get me. Why do you need my money? Like, you know, it's like, you know, when you're the shark tank or dragons Den, right? Is, you know, it's allowing people to run and operate their business a little bit more. And obviously capital, money, mortgages is just a, a piece of the pie. So, um, yeah, it really is. It's clearly defining having those conversations. You talk about all the time, whether it's about hiring your accountant, your lawyer, your realtor, your mortgage broker, your, um, your inspector, all the different right partners that you have. And, you know, those power team members, do your due diligence. Are the investors themselves? Are they thinking right? And, and really take a look at, you know, what your goals are. And if it's not in alignment, you know, move on. There's lots of opportunity out there.
2: Yeah. And then the other thing is you could still do this business without joint venturing, right? You could still do it with, by borrowing private money, even if you don't have money, there's still other ways around it. And there's definitely lots of different strategies. So it's not always the answer to JV. However, you know, for some people it is in order to scale faster for some people it is right. So there's, there's definitely pros and there's cons to joint ventures. I mean, you know, you could talk to somebody that's got a ton of joint ventures and they may just say, You know, if I could do it again, I would maybe change a little bit, right? So, like, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say which investors said this, but there's an investor, and he's got tons and tons of JV deals, and he's like, if I could do it again, I probably would have narrowed it down to like a handful of JVs and tried to do as much of it myself and scale a little bit slower, and and that's okay, right? And then there's some other people that are like, you know what, it's worked really well for me, and this is why I'm today, you know, here in this spot, and it's from the JVs, so. I would just say, like, look at the pros and look at the cons. Every single strategy is going to make sense in some amount of time for some people and it might not for others.
1: That's Right. And, you know, look out to that vision, right? Like Sarah, like you said, it was seven years that you get retirement. If you said, well, I want to do it in one year, I want to do it in three. Right. And really have, or five and, and have those goals and, and, and reverse backwards. Right. And look, and things change along the way too. Right. I remember, you know, there's people in the right club to me. Oh, I want a hundred doors. Well, why? Why a hundred? Right. Or, you know, yeah. I think it was the number is like, well, it needs to be 10 and then I can retire. You have to figure out what that is. And those are going to change as well too, right? Quality of life and, you know, where what you, how you want to be living it and what it allows you to do. So, um, Alfonso, yeah, I think groups?
2: we continue this conversation online at therightclub.com in the forums. That'd be really cool. That's let's right. let's try to like loop it around. And like, guys, these podcasts are awesome, but we want to have, you know, that community feel. You guys come on therightclub.com, ask questions about JVs. I mean, Ryan Carson's on there as well. Like he can answer some questions, check out the forums. I think that's, you know, just a great way to get additional questions if you guys are listening to this and you're like, hmm, what about this? What about that? So, um, I wish they would have asked this these are great questions that you can ask on the forums
1: yeah i know sarah and i are on there daily and uh we're we're checking out what's going on this is our way to keep in touch with our right club community and see what's going on we're talking at you we want to hear you guys right that's the place to be the rightclub.com have your voice heard share your thoughts share your opinions and uh let us know what you want more of so um hello sarah what do we say till next time
2: come grow with us